0: Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval, and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Relationship experts, and then there is John Gray, the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and 16 other books on relationship and personal growth. John's wisdom about the inherent differences between men and women, as well as what it takes to build lasting, loving relationships, have now influenced two generations of men and women. With his new book, Beyond Mars and Venus, John explains why being a man or a woman in today's society is more nuanced and complex than ever. Yet despite the changes, men and women remain fundamentally different on a hormonal level and what these differences mean in today's ever-evolving relationships. So today I talk with the amazing John Gray about wellness from a hormonal perspective as well as the intricacies of relationships, particularly around this rather interesting time that we find ourselves in. Now John Gray is the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus John Gray is arguably the the best-selling and most influential relationship author in the world, the number one best-selling hardcover book of the 90s. Mars Venus was listed by the USW today as number six amongst the influential books of the last quarter century, with his books now translated into approximately 45 languages in more than 100 countries. Dr. Grey has appeared many times on Oprah, as well as the Dr. Oz Show, Today, CBS, This Morning, and Good Morning America. Profiled in Time, Forbes, USA Today, TV Guide, and People, he was also the subject of a three-hour special hosted by Barbara Walters, with his trademark humour and insights making him as relevant today as he was in the 90s. John is in demand as a speaker and on media throughout the world. John is an amazing person to chat with and I loved having this conversation with him. So we hope you enjoy. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm good. Welcome and thank you very much for your time. Um, Now, I know that you are, well, there are relationship experts um, and then there's you. (laughs) Um, So you are the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus and 16 other books on relationships and personal growth. That is unbelievable.
1: Well, thank you. The most important is Men Are From Mars and then most recent is Beyond Mars and Venus, which I think is very relevant to our lives now because for some people, Men Are From Mars is still very relevant when they're more traditional relationships, but as women become more independent, it changes the dynamics of communication and our emotional needs in a relationship. So that's what I write about now is the Beyond Mars and Venus.
0: Amazing, and I've read Beyond Mars and Venus, and it definitely does all of that. And we're going to be talking about that today. Um, but yes, men are from Mars and women are from Venus is um, what what are we, 1992 that it came out? I remember seeing it on my mum's bookshelf, and I was (laughs) like, wow, and then reading it many many years later. Um, and then, yeah, no, very starstruck I am right now because in my mind you're very famous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um,
0: and just the the, the amazing value, um, even seeing you in London last year, it just reiterated the importance of um, the knowing the differences and the wisdom that you provide for that, and the differences between men and women, and how we can impact each other's physiology as well as our emotional tendencies is just so amazing so thank you
1: oh you're welcome as you're talking about that presentation i think it's one of my favorite in years to be in (laughs) front of a a sold out audience packed with everybody being a biohacker which means that they're thinking ahead of the curve i mean we're Mm. it's in more advanced thinking that says you know we can be holistic in our health and our relationships and our lives we can get the most potential i mean it was really quite an amazing experience to be amongst all those people very creative yeah. people.
0: It was definitely, I think everyone was talking about that for months, even years afterwards now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's, let's jump in. So obviously, we, we've got some real changes that have happened since your original book uh, in 1992, and now you're Beyond Mars and Venus. What, what are the precepts of the book that of, of Mars and Venus that has really stood that test of time in the changes that's happened?
1: Well, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. It's still relevant in so many ways because it describes a lot of the ways men and women misinterpret each other. Mm. Because if we were all the same, then I would understand everything you say. You wouldn't have to talk, okay? I would know what you're (laughs) thinking. But we don't know what each other's are thinking. We don't know what each other's emotional needs are, our primary needs, our preferences and our likes, the meanings that we give to things. So, you know, one of the popular ideas I've made from Mars is uh, after a, a somewhat stressful day or a busy day or exhausting day, men need to go to their cave. Now, the cave is a time to withdraw from intimacy. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole key of it, is that when you're experiencing intimacy, you're making female hormones. Female mm-hmm. hormones is estrogen or progesterone. And so... If you want to rebuild your testosterone, working all day, if a man or a woman, you tend to deplete yourself of testosterone. Now, why women don't always readily relate to men going to their cave to rebuild their testosterone is because women don't have an emotional requirement of higher testosterone levels. For men to feel well-being, to feel good, to feel energized, they need to have about 10 to 30 times more testosterone than the average woman. Mm -hmm. So that means we're going to need more cave time. And if it's been a stressful day, we're going to need more cave time. And cave time is simply, you know, a fun way of defining cave time is any behavior that a woman would think is a waste of time. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's a good thing to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've been to the craziest things. You know, they have hobbies and they have toys. You know, one of the things to help rebuild testosterone I heard recently is that men are taking a lot of uh, wood shop classes online, <laughs> learning how to make things in their garage. You know, this is, this is a very testosterone stimulating thing, a mm. rebuilding thing, because it's not really that stressful, but it's challenging and you're able to use your body to do it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just drove back from the beach in my convertible and I'm Amazing. driving along. But driving also is a testosterone rebuilder for men.
2: Mm. Uh, because
1: basically you're being challenged but you feel totally safe while you're doing it. Because you're yeah. a good driver and you're a good car and so forth. Uh, and then I, I, you know, we, we have a male and female side too. And my female side loves it uh, because I'm out in the, my convertible with the sun shining and the wind blowing. And I went to the ocean, had a picnic, came back home. So, you know, what a great day, you know, to uh, relax and rebuild myself so that uh, my well-being increases. So Mm. summary of that is, you know, when men don't do the things that will help them to use their testosterone, then rebuild their testosterone, uh, they tend to be irritable, grumpy, angry, or depressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what you notice don't you is it's something that um men have been shown to have different emotional tendencies but is that because they're missing the things that they really need you know that's that's sort of the question isn't it
1: that, that's what we have to look at we can look at any man who's depressed i mean any man who's depressed and yeah. he'll have low testosterone yeah and you look at any woman who's depressed and she's going to have low estrogen mm. See, so there's the female hormones and then there's the male hormones and when a woman basically doesn't feel safe, she doesn't feel I can depend on others.
2: Yeah. Estrogen
1: is produced when you feel you can depend on others. Mm. So it's the, you know, all of our hormones are based upon some kind of relationship and, and behavior, the mind, the body, the body, the mind. Yeah. You, know? And with, yeah. you know, if we turn it around body to mind, we know that particularly those of us that are aware of holistic health is the toxicity in the environment binds with estrogen receptor sites and sends messages to our brain that we have plenty of estrogen. Now, if a woman has the message sent to her brain that she has plenty of estrogen, then she doesn't feel the need to make estrogen. Hmm. If she doesn't feel the need to make estrogen, she doesn't feel the part of her that depends on others to find a certain level of happiness.
2: See, that's what estrogen,
1: to make estrogen, if you say, oh, I need help, and somebody helps you, estrogen goes up. And women for well-being need higher levels of estrogen than men. <laughs> this is like amazing. I mean, at <laughs> certain levels, it seems to, I mean, the human brain and the body and, and it's so complex, the complexity everything. But there's mm-hmm. certain ways to simplify and look, you know, if you water grass, it grows. If you water it too much, it doesn't grow. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a balance to things. And when it mm-hmm. comes to men and women, we want to know when we're not fulfilled, we're not experiencing well-being, heart open. Then we're out of balance, and typically for women today, the imbalance is they're too far on their male side, and men are too far on their female side.
2: Yeah. Now,
1: female side is the part of every human being that needs support. We need support. I need food. I needed sunshine today. I needed companionship. I needed my car. I need this interview to do this job. Okay. So need is a part of everybody's life. Whether we're you know we're pro- I don't need anything. Of course, we all need each other, mm-hmm. and. When that need's not being met, we're not fulfilled. It's like a vitamin that's we're missing.
2: Yeah. It's
1: just that women require more of that vitamin than men do. That's the dynamic here. And we know in wellness that women require more types of support than men. And certainly, like women need more magnesium.
2: Mm. Men need
1: more calcium. You know, this is, there's so many, women need more uh, tryptophan for making serotonin. Otherwise they're going to be depressed. Men need mm. more a casein, you know, which is a, well, if they can digest it, if you look at a, a baby boy, the mother's milk will have more casein. <laughs> you know, the milk has casein in whey. Whey makes serotonin, casein makes dopamine. Males run out of dopamine. Uh, women don't. Uh, basically, women are always busy thinking, whereas men stop thinking. Dopamine mm. causes us to go, oh, where's the problem? Where's the problem? <laughs> so, mm. you know, if a guy, if he's had a stressful of day, often he's used up all his dopamine he'll just sit on the couch and go, no big deal, who cares? You know, he can turn it all off, <laughs> yeah. The women turn it on and they turn it on because they need more, like in mother's milk, there's, if she's breastfeeding, a friend of mine just had a baby, so I'm thinking about oh. babies. If she's <laughs> breastfeeding a little girl, her milk will actually have more whey protein in it. Amazing. If she's breastfeeding a little boy, it will have more casein in it because casein builds muscle mass, casein stimulates dopamine, and men tend to use up dopamine faster. Women tend to use up uh, uh, serotonin faster because, mm-hmm. and you ask the answer, why is that? I mean, there's so many, the, the body is so amazing. Absolutely. If you, look at, if you look at the fight or flight response in women and men, it's different mm-hmm. there are stages of fight or flight. Oh, that's stress response.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: First stress response is a little stress. Okay, you're driving your car and the speed limit is 55 miles an hour. you're going around 70 okay that's that's a little stress response now kick it up to 110 and you're going to be in cortisol land so anybody can actually look at you know understand your biology by how 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 much danger is in front of you and that would be different for different people my wife would experience cortisol long before 110 miles an hour (laughs) (laughs) it it depends upon your comfort zones and we all have different comfort zones but for women In the first stage, that's an adrenaline response. The second stage is cortisol response. Now the adrenaline response, women experience blood flow to the limbic system, which is where the emotions are. Mm -hmm. They will experience an increase of eight times more blood flow to that part of the brain when they have little stress. That going, they're going 70, okay? Men actually experience decreased blood flow to the limbic system wow that's why men always think women are overreacting yeah why are you getting upset over that it's not a big deal but you see she's not saying it's a big deal she's just saying she's feeling some stress whereas he thinks she's saying a big deal because when he experiences the stress the increased blood flow to the limbic system he's going 110 miles an hour
0: right so
1: So she says hey we're going 70 we're not going 110 miles an hour what are you so worried about so we (laughs) just our reactions and then yeah. we judge each other as what's wrong with you yeah and she could be on the other side going why are you driving so fast it makes me uncomfortable but maybe it doesn't make him uncomfortable at all mm. so those are just examples of how we commonly misinterpret each other's behaviors and then we form conclusions that are wrong and now we react to those conclusions yeah so if he's if he's in his cave and she thinks uh, She doesn't necessarily go to her cave unless she's really stressed. Mm. And typically, women will go to their cave when they're mad at their partners. (laughs) If a woman doesn't feel safe to express how she feels, often if she's frustrated or angry or not feeling safe or defensive, any of those things, she just stops talking. Mm. And so she assumes that if he stops talking, goes to his cave and ignores her, that he's doing it because he's mad at her. So now she's got him, you know, he doesn't love me. He doesn't accept me. What did I do wrong? There's all these different branches of where she could go with that. But the bottom line, meeting is something's wrong. Something's wrong. When nothing's wrong, he's doing what he's naturally designed to do and needs (laughs) to do. Yeah. So he comes out of his cave. He's feeling better. And she looks at him like, you don't love me at all. (laughs) So he goes back into his cave. (laughs) (laughs) The stress goes up again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So these hormonal um, differences and the impacts, that fascinates me because it's one of the first times I've heard of it. In my clinic as a naturopath, I treat these imbalances on a very different level. And then having that understanding now for me, by reading your Beyond Mars and Venus in a little bit more detail, I now can understand that the relationships really builds that um, balance as we're, as we're talking about now. So in in a way, what what, what can we be focused on in, in our behaviors to ha- how to help that testosterone and estrogen and, and, and the impacts that it's going to create in the relationship?
1: Well, there's a general answer to that. And then there's a more specific answer to everybody being in quarantine and isolated <laughs> and so forth. Um,
0: oh, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Since since that's still very timely, I I would Mm -hmm. love to address that to help people because Mm -hmm. uh, it's extremely difficult for couples to find their hormonal balance when they're with each other all the time. Mm. So there's a a general concept that's helpful and I call it the 80-20 rule. 80-20 rule basically means 80% of your fulfillment uh, needs to come not dependent on your partner in any way now so you have a baseline level of fulfillment which is created by having a life separate from your partner then your partner's role in your life is if you're to a certain level of fulfillment that you you have a set point most people have a certain set point of happiness that they get to it doesn't mean they're 100 percent fulfilled but it's like if i go on an airplane flight you know i've got to wait in line i've got a delayed flight i've got to overcome that and then I get there, and then I got to find a ride, and I got to go to my van, and then I got to check into my hotel room, and then the hotel room is in, next to the ice machine, so I need to change my room. Uh, you know, these are all the normal little challenges of life. So when you're out there facing all those normal challenges of life, you're constantly making yourself happy, okay? Mm. now I have to deal with that, let go of that, do something, accept that this is something I can't change. So we're, we're, we're dealing with stress all the, all the time to maintain a certain level of fulfillment, which doesn't change that much for people. You know, they find that when people get it, win a, uh, a million, millions of dollars that they're really happy for a little while, then they go right back to that position. It's, mm. it's sort of built in. Now, can that change? I believe it can, okay. but that's generally the place where it's at. Then you come along and your partner can take you from that level of happiness to happier. Hmm. They can't make you happy, but they can take you happier. Now, that's very important that we know we can create our happiness because our partner can't make us happier every day. Sometimes they're in a spot. You see, they're not feeling their best. They're not going to be selfless and generous and loving and so forth. So those times when they're not their best self, we can be compassionate if if we are fulfilled within ourselves. So that's that 80% of our happiness should come from our lives, not dependent on our partner. Then we give them, by virtue of that, the power to make us happier mm-hmm. and that's what that's what romance is about that's what intimacy is about that's why you know there's such a high commodity uh, a value to intimacy and romance and people are looking to fall in love and have soul mates twin soul whatever you know you can go to a much higher level of fulfillment in life if you have a partner who's able to provide that extra support you need to get higher because, they're, they're, you know, I, w- I was a monk for nine years. Most people don't know that. Now, I'm a relationship expert. And I remember I was the assistant to, uh, in the Transcendental Meditation Movement. Do you have TM there in Australia? Do you know what I'm talking about? We
0: Transcendental do. Transcendental
1: Meditation. We do, yeah, yeah. Back, back in the, back in the uh, 60s, okay, in the 60s, <laughs> it was really big. Good time. And I was personal assistant to Maharishi. And if you want to talk to him, you talk to me. And people would always ask him advice and he'd have me answer them. And his whole thing was, and I lived with him for nine years. And his whole thing was, I can answer all the questions, but nothing about relationship. <laughs> then when I left, I, had, I, I developed all this relationship knowledge. Wow. But, it's, it's, uh, but I have to say where my success comes from is from that time as a monk, I learned how to be happy and fulfilled without depending on a partner. Yeah, You, you learn to, if, if you're successful. everybody as a monk is successful, I was successful. And I learned how to be fulfilled so that when I got in my marriage of 34 years, my wife uh, could be in a bad mood and, and I could just go to my cave, meditate, come back, open my heart and come give more. Mm. So the idea is if your partner can't give you what you need, that's the time where you need to step back, do what you need to be happy and fulfilled and then go give more. That's what relationships are based on is giving more. But when the the vulnerability, even when I say that, I go, oh, it could be heard the wrong way because often women's, their biggest complaint is I give more and I don't get back. And my experience and belief is that if you give what your partner needs, you will always get back.
2: Hmm.
1: See, if you give them what you want, you won't get back. And if you give them with the expectation and demand that they give back, meaning I did this for you, you should do that for me, then you're paralyzing them. You're actually yeah. creating a situation where they cannot give you what you need. Yeah. If you go, I mean, just think about it. If, if I say, oh, you should do this and then you do it, I have no gratitude. I have no appreciation because I feel you should do it. You know, I did this for you. I did this for you. Even if you do really good, we're even. I don't really appreciate you. And <laughs> I, re- I remember where I really sort of saw that as a real dynamic, I mean, experiential. It's concept is there, we can feel it. But I was uh, in the Amazon in a tribe where they had no money Mm.
2: and they have no
1: Western anything. You know, you get there by a a private plane, Mm -hmm. canoeing, (laughs) eight hours to the jungle with a guide, and (sighs) you get to a place where people basically, uh, they have no concept of money. And you get married, the whole tribe builds you a house in one day. Okay. So, so wow. when everybody does that for you in one day, how do you feel inside? You feel like, Oh, you know, this is my family. I want to, I want to give to them. They gave to me. I want to give to them mm. as opposed to if somebody comes and builds a house for me, I pay them money. There's yeah. no relationship. Yeah. See, it's like, well, you should, you know, I paid you money. You should do that. Mm. You didn't give any gift to me. Yeah. So the foundation of true love and appreciation is we have to let go of all our demands. You know, demands is a tendency to control, and we all need, on a certain level, to be in control. Mm. So how do you be in control in a relationship is learn how to control by having no control. (laughs) (laughs) You know, imagine, imagine (laughs) as a woman, if your husband never wanted you to change in any way, and just adored you, and loved you just the way you are, and if you were upset about something, he felt empathy and compassion. He showed interest in what you're saying. He didn't like try to fix it or solve it. That's a big Mars-Venus principle is that yeah. women talk, start to talk. Men want to get you, rush you along to the bottom line, give you advice how to change. And we do this to each other. It's just that women will tend to want to change men's behavior more. Mm. And men tend to want to change women's feelings more. You shouldn't be upset. You shouldn't be bothered by that. And if you are bothered by that, listen to what I say so you can let it go. You see, we just want yeah. you to change. We're going to, tell you why you're wrong. I mean, get the way we think. We don't realize the futility of our thinking. Otherwise, we would change. So I pointed out. <laughs> but imagine that you're upset about something and somebody says, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're like, you upset. You need know? yeah. somebody who doesn't necessarily say you're right because maybe you are wrong. Most of our upset feelings were wrong. Okay. Yeah. It's like we're drunk or something. Uh, we have a distorted vision of the world. And then and, and, and I know some people go, what, what? My feelings is the truth. I go, okay, let me let me give you an example. Here I am as this counselor and I'm in my office and a woman comes in and she's really upset and her life is awful and she doesn't want to be married to her husband and nothing's working and, and we talk. And she talks for 45 minutes and I help her to go deep into her feelings, her emotions. Mm. And then she realizes that most of those emotions are coming from the 90-10 rule which is 90% of your upset is about childhood. So mm-hmm. now she's feeling all these feelings as a child. Then when we come back in the present time, she realizes, hey, I'm not that upset about my life. I got a pretty good life here. And she starts feeling more love and appreciation. So in 50 minutes, she left from being a big black cloud to sunshine. Because mm-hmm. all those feelings are just drunk feelings. We we think it. You know, we think we're so right when we're in our emotions because nobody can tell me what I feel. I know what I feel. And I say, yeah, and you can make a mistake. Your feelings don't necessarily mean that what you're thinking and feeling is right, but it is right that you feel that way. That's true. But they're based upon false media, false messages. (laughs) And if there's ever a time where you could see that to be true about the fake news, in America, we have these two different stations. We have Fox and MSNBC. And this, when they report Fox says one thing and MSNBC (laughs) says the other, you kind of go, who do you believe? Yeah, It's so so amazing. Uh, You know, if if everybody's wrong, then nobody's right.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So when, and I know this is a big thing because I hear it too, is that like you said before, women tend to always want more out of men or have that expectation. So what's your, what's your one thing, or a few things that you say to women to really sort of, calm that down a bit and, and not expect oh. anything in the back.
1: Okay. So this, this is a little bit of semantics, but it's very, very clear. I want to be mm. very clear about this. I give a strong message, which is it's okay to want more. Mm. It's the nature of life to want more. I just had lunch and ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I have figured this out. I normally can't eat ice cream because it puts on weight because I'm my ideal weight. But now that I'm, I'm in COVID, I have my bicycle, I'm riding my bicycle all the time, much more than normally, and yeah. <laughs> it pumps up my testosterone, I've got to have a life now in my house as opposed yeah. to out in the world. Yeah. And, uh, but when my testosterone's up, my metabolism is good so I can have some ice cream sometime. <laughs> so uh, the, the wanting more is natural, that's the point I'm making, it's natural to want more, and we shouldn't stifle that, and that's what's different, and that's why we have so many problems today, In our modern world, you know, America, if you look at, uh, and also Australia, the the level of development of luxury and lifestyle and technology and all this is because we want more Mm. and we got more, we get more. I mean, it's so abundant. There's so much abundance. And what comes along with that abundance is obesity, diabetes, depression, anxiety, impotence, divorce i mean th- that's what the outcome that's why we have so much of those things we just mentioned mm. is we we want more we want more we can get more but what's the price we pay
2: Absolutely.
1: so wanting more is natural back the greeks talked about wanting more is pandora's box
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know pandora if you open the box the demons come out because yes. as soon as you want more if you don't get it then you're angry as soon as you want more and get attached, then you feel sad if you lose it. You have despair. You have hurt. As soon as you want more, then you're afraid of losing it and afraid of not getting it. And then if you lose it, then you have guilt because I lost it. <laughs> so, so, so that's a Pandora's box. Yeah. So with wanting more, you have to have emotional management. Okay. Mm. So that's what we have to learn is how to then man- manage those emotions. And mankind, basically, the Western world, is just still learning that. how to manage the crazy that comes up when you want more Mm -hmm. now referring referring to women in relationships i always uh, certain sections of my seminars i'll say now how many people want more money how many people want more success how many people want a, a a better lifestyle you know how many people want world peace you know and, and we all go, yes, it's okay to want more. And how many people want more from your partner? <laughs> I'm like, what? What? Didn't you want more? You should love me just the way I am. Isn't it what love is? is it accepting me just the way I am. And it yeah. is. Love is accepting you just the way you are. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Yeah. It's just how you deal with wanting more when you don't always get it. Mm. See, That's the whole key to this. So yeah. at, uh, uh, at MarsVenus.com, that's my little world. I live in my website. There's a free class called How to Get More and How to Get What You Want, How to Get Everything You Want in Your Relationships. Yeah. And you know, that on itself, you know, people always claim women's unhappiness and depression is because they grew up in the West where they say everybody can have everything you want. You can have it all.
2: Mm. And
1: you can, according to a certain amount, you can certainly listen to what you want and follow your dreams, but you have to be able to successfully delay gratification. You have to be able to manage emotions, which allows you to to delay gratification, which means I really, really, you know, I wanted to be a best-selling author for nine years before I became a best-selling author. Nine years I wanted that. I'm telling you, I hungered for it. I meditated on it. I did everything I could, and then I did it, okay? And there was every time you rise up, you crash down because it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and Mm. this, and, but I Fortunately, before that, I'd been a monk, I learned how to find my happiness, then I learned emotional management, mm. which is to deal with the emotions that come up when you don't get what you want. And actually, it was one thing, a best-selling book, <laughs> that caused me to have to learn how to manage my emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, oh my gosh, I felt so jealous. Oh, I, somebody else in the bestseller seller wow. list would be like ripping my heart out. Why do what? they have it, not me? And so, <laughs> I always tell people, if you have jealousy, that's a good sign that you're wanting something that you can have. Yeah. You see, if I see a, a champion football star, mm-hmm. I don't ever feel jealous because there's not a part of my soul that wants to be a champion but football so That's just not who I am. Yeah.
2: But if you see so someone
1: getting something and you're jealous, it's because that's your potential. Your soul says, I can have something like that but you're afraid, it's that you're still afraid that you're never gonna get it. And it's that fear that you have to process out and be patient and trust and follow your heart. So that's part of emotional emotional management. So back to your question, which is a great question, women who want more, Mm. is realize when you're wanting more, you're dissatisfied with what you have. When you're dissatisfied with what you have, you will only get less. Think of yourself like a like a mother with a child who has lots of toys, and the child always wants more toys, and they don't play with the toys they have. <laughs> Basically, you say, "Look, you don't get more till you appreciate what you got."
0: Yeah,
1: that's the universe. This is how the world works. Yeah, is that if you appreciate what you got? Yeah, but what I got's no good. I said that's your problem, not the outer world. You've got to learn to appreciate what you got and learn why you get less. Because often, when women don't appreciate what they have, and I, it's not that men don't do this somewhat, but women do it more in my experience. Mm. If you don't appreciate what you have, then you give more to get more. Mm. You give more to get more, you will always get less if you're a woman. Now, if men give more uh, than they get, they will get more.
2: So see? Mm. see men,
1: it's a, it's a different dynamic of male energy and female energy. Yeah. There's a place inside of women which is receptivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it too, I wouldn't be successful. That's my female energy. Mm. Female energy is graceful. It says, oh, I have everything I need. Oh, I'm so lucky. Oh, I appreciate. Look how beautiful the world is. Look how beautiful I am. No one has to be perfect. It's always getting better. Here's my little baby. She can't walk yet, but she will walk one day. You know, oh, she's pooping in her diaper. Oh, I can clean that up because I love her. See, this is, it's a, it, this is a love state. Mm. Now, I know this sounds unrealistic to some bitter women, but this is who you are. is there's this part of you that's capable of being in love, you know, and and I I look to like the challenges of this. The only, the biggest challenge to loving, I think was in a movie I saw called Hurricane. It's a great movie. The guy was a great fighter and he was so good, they figured out a way to get him off the ring by putting him in jail, possibly, (laughs) uh, you know, by blaming him for something he didn't do. So now he's stuck in jail and there's this place where he's really unhappy and he fights and fights and finally he gets spiritual about the whole thing. And he realizes whether I get out of jail or not doesn't matter. You know, this jail has set me free. Mm. You know, I'm not dependent on the outer world to find my happiness. It's the 80-20 rule again. Yeah. Find your happiness inside. And if you're not happy, it's not your partner's fault. Don't believe your emotions, but listen to them. Because whenever, this is the 90-10 rule, whenever you're upset with your partner, 90% of it, 90% of it is something that you felt as a child that you experienced that happened as a child, and if somebody had said to you, tell me how you feel, mm. you would have felt it. Mm. But you didn't feel it because nobody asked you, how do you feel? You see, feelings of emotions have layers. The most simple way of looking at that one is if, if somebody's angry, you could say to that person, oh, you're, not, you're, you're angry, but you're also afraid. They'll always say, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. But of course, they're afraid, because you wouldn't be angry if you weren't afraid. <laughs> if it you pushes feel like it down. Okay, what's the point of being angry? Yeah, and you, would, and you would never be angry about something if you didn't have an expectation that you were disappointed about. So mm. you 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 lost something that you thought you were going to have. So there's always some hurt, some sadness, with your anger. But say to an angry, oh, you're just feeling hurt. You're feeling sad. I'm not getting hurt. I'm offended. but there's layers to these emotions that we have and deep down inside that often people don't realize most of your upset and this is what i would say to the women who are are really feeling you ask the question she's wanting more all the time Hmm. she's wanting more because she's wanting more from herself and she feels guilty about it guilty from a little girl feeling, I don't know what I did wrong. What did I do bad? I don't feel good enough. Why did my father ignore me? Why did my father not love me? You know, There's these feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness. They're deep down inside. Now, a lot of people listening go, oh, I don't feel inadequate, unworthy. If you're stressed, if you're unhappy, you're demanding the world to be more than it is. Mm -hmm. If you're demanding the world to be more than it is, you're demanding yourself to be more than you are, as opposed to accepting yourself just the way we are. If we could just get that all of our problems are us, and then we're also innocent like a little child. Imagine yourself being upset and hard on yourself as a mother, unconditional love, and a child being able to express how they feel. So you go back and you feel that as, as real, oh, this is actually what was going on. As a child, I just felt pressure, but actually inside the pressure, I felt not good enough, I felt afraid, I felt disappointed, I felt angry. Well, all those emotions are in there. They're packed in there, and if they have a chance to come up, then you actually relive. This is how I would have felt as a child had somebody actually listened to me, helped me understand my feelings, and been present for me and understanding for me. Then when you suddenly feel it as if you're a child, then you realize, oh, that's my childhood I'm feeling. It's not right now. (laughs) Then when you get the love that you need, because children, they don't need anything expensive. They don't need perfection. They don't need they need love. They need attention. They need understanding. They need affection. They need food. They need bedtimes. They need rhythm. You know, the basic real needs of life, they're mm. fulfilled and happy with. Mm. Then the eighty twenty rule, then you give them a little present and they're delighted. You can make them happier. <laughs> that, that, that's right. You know, it's like with little children, you know, a lot of people get depressed around the holidays because as children, all you had to do is get a little package with something wrapped around it. And you were so happy. <laughs> we grow up as adults, like nothing does it for us. You know, It's kind of depressing because we're not, we're not as happy as we could be then. We feel the loss. Yeah. And there is a loss. We lost that 80, that 90, 10. We lost that 90% of who we are as this being who's tender and vulnerable and sensitive and doesn't know its way around and needs guidance and help that's in there and it's mm. a childlike part of it. It's not who we are as adults. As adults, we're totally, we can be totally together, but that little child is running us yeah. thinking that, oh, those feelings are about my partner. So back to the woman who wants more is dissatisfied. Hey, it's okay to want more, but okay. come the way you get more, and again, this is the little class. I'm gonna do an advertisement for my class because it's free. Amazing. It's how to get more in your relationships. You learn The way you get more, and I'll summarize it, but it's different for singles and couples and for men and women. We have a different course for each category. But the essence of this, and this is my formula in life, why basically I have everything anybody could ever imagine. You know, Mm. I mean, this is, because I'm just lucky. My wife said I'm the luckiest guy in the world, but it's not like my life has been a a breeze all the time, but I do have everything. (laughs) I have three, two convertibles and a Tesla. Yeah, (laughs) I live in, I live in Marin County of California. <laughs> I have three houses and a ranch, you know, it's just like the manager for me. So, you know, all that, you can go, oh, John Gray's so happy because of it. I can't tell you how many friends of mine uh, are depressed or anxious or upset and they have all this money and they have all this success and everything. That doesn't guarantee it. It's mm-hmm. only if you're already happy, those things can make you happier.
2: Mm. And
1: uh, they're not dependent on them, but they take you to a higher place. That's yeah. what we want to recognize. And so... At this class how to get more the four steps it just as a concept we teach you the practical steps
2: mm-hmm.
1: first of all you have to become conscious and aware of everything you're doing to get more mm-hmm. okay because it's not working you have to face the reality i have failed yeah. <laughs> whatever i think is <laughs> the right strategy it doesn't work it's okay not. i'm doing the wrong thing okay and so there's so many things like blaming like complaining like punishing like revenge, like obsessing. We have to get, oh I'm drunk right now. I'm doing <laughs> the wrong thing. That's why nothing's working in my life. I'm doing the wrong thing. Nobody showed me anything better. So I don't know, I don't know what I'm, I just know it's not working. So you gotta get that what you're doing isn't working. So let's, let's simplify it and say that what you're doing isn't working is cocaine. Clearly that doesn't work. Hmm. Uh, if we wanna talk about men, let's talk about, and this is a health show, so I felt obligated to say this, yeah. Uh, if you talk about, and in, during COVID, one of the biggest problems for men today, of course, is low testosterone. And the number one cause of low testosterone is too much masturbation.
2: Mm.
1: That's something you weren't going to hear me say. But Go it for is, it. it, <laughs> it, <is>, it <laughs> men, if you can just get it, you're addicted to porn. So many men are just masturbating to porn. It takes them out of their doldrums for a few minutes, just like taking cocaine, and leaves you with less testosterone. It's mm. measurable. You cannot rebuild your testosterone masturbating all the time. And again, nothing wrong with masturbating. All men do it, or almost all men, I suppose, do it. But I didn't do it for nine years, though, during my uh, monk time. You can go without it. And if you can, all power to you. It certainly helped me go to higher levels of uh, spirituality. But then you have to bring that spirituality down through sex. So I'm a big believer in sex. Sex is beautiful, spiritual, when it's an expression of love. Mm. If it's not, you're just wasting your energy. And masturbation, if you're not able to channel that energy into creative pursuit, then you need to release it from time to time. But we're not talking about to, to porn. When you are doing it like every day to porn, sometimes twice a day, this is massive addiction. Mm. And from that addiction, it inhib- inhibits your testosterone production. It increases estrogen production. It puts you in a, a depressed state, which mm. is, is very, very sad. So that would be one of the things you're doing wrong. Okay, so I'm talking about step one. What are the things that you're doing that doesn't work for your well-being or for the success in your relationships? Mm -hmm. So that's one. Step two is if what I'm doing is not working, then I have to stop that and do what does work. This is why people who know to drinking too much or too much masturbation or yelling and screaming or hurting people or revengeful thoughts, They know that stuff, many people know that's wrong, you shouldn't do that, it's not helping you. Uh, But they don't know what else to do. See, they they don't have something that will actually generate in a healthy way, the same brain chemicals that those unhealthy things produce.
0: Exactly. If I I
1: take cocaine or I masturbate too much, I'm producing high levels of dopamine. Mm. Well, there's other things I can do to produce high levels of dopamine so I, I remember, oh, back in the 60s, there was a book called Positive Addiction. That was the concept then. Mm. If you've got a negative addiction, replace it with a positive condition, addiction. Yeah. And doesn't have to be an addiction, just do something that will produce those brain chemicals for yeah. you. Yeah. But you don't know what those are. That's why, that's why gender differences is so important because if you're a man, most all of your addictions have to do with being on your female side. That's hmm. what ha- Every addiction for men is being on their too far on their female side.
0: So that's housework. That means- is, that, is that what that includes, John? Is, so that that ha- men- is that housework? Is that what that includes as well? <laughs> Cleaning? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just
0: wanted to clarify that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a good, good point. Men being on their female side is angry men, addicted men where okay. you're dependent on either intimidating others to get what you want. See, mm. estrogen, the female hormone is I'm dependent on you. I'm needy. Mm. So I need to eat too much sugar. I need to yell and scream. I need to be in control. I need to dominate. I need to uh, uh, drink too much alcohol. I need to take cocaine. I need, see all of our addictive, t- I need to watch sports all day long, okay? just. It, you know It's like take cave time and then amplify 10 times, okay? Mm. That's neediness in men. Okay. So that's what men being on their female side means. Mm. You see, the female side of it is a part of us that's dependent on something outside ourselves to be happy. Mm-hmm. So when I was a monk, for example, I was totally on my male side. See, I don't need anything. I sleep on the floor. I'd eat one bowl of food a day. I'd meditate five hours, 10 hours. I find my Amazing. happiness inside. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's part of the whole idea of when you look at some spiritual journeys of austerity yeah. is that you deprive yourself, you control yourself. I don't need to control you. That's depending on you. That's my female side trying to get you to change. I change myself. Yeah. So my message, even with this message, is a balance of masculine and feminine. It's not just uh, for women. You need to recognize you have to stop doing the things that you want to change and another person. Men, you have to stop doing the things to change. But women, you can change the other person, just do it in a way that's healthy for you and Mm. works.
2: Mm. So what
1: would that be? Well, every man, if you think your husband's not giving enough attention, affection, understanding, support, listening, try not complaining for a month and being happy. Don't expect anything from him for a month. Say, oh, anytime I'm unhappy, it's my fault, I'm not doing enough for myself. I need to come back. I need to find a way. I need to take classes. I need to learn to meditate. I need to do yoga classes. I need to change jobs, something I love to do. Mm -hmm. I need to change me. And as soon as you're doing that, your husbands go, what are you doing? Let me me spend more time with you. Let's do this. Let's do that. You'll bring out the best in him. Whenever women go to their female side, it pulls men in. That's receptivity. Mm -hmm. Now, what you do as men is you've got to do something, how to step out of that first stage where you're too far out of balance you're trying to change others to make yourself happy now you stop that you have to discover what behavior it is you have to stop usually some addictive tendency and now let me do something that will rebuild my testosterone Mm -hmm. so men need the testosterone for well-being women need the estrogen and progesterone and oxytocin for well-being these are our primary hormones of Mm well-being so now i have something you know there's the Mind body is so complicated, everything we could, I could get very complicated in all the details of this and this and this, but it's simple. There's male energy and there's female energy. You can measure it. (laughs) Female hormones, male hormones, as simple as could be. Mm. Now let's, now let's learn what behaviors, what can I do? And I'm talking concrete behaviors, one, or our, our attitudes. Attitudes is also important too. So I don't want to leave that out. A mindset, certain Mm -hmm. mindset will also generate hormones, but when your hormones are way out of balance, usually your mindset is powerless because as soon as your hormones go out of balance, stress hormones are being made. Whenever men have low, low testosterone, cortisol gets produced. Whenever cortisol is produced, testosterone goes down. Hmm. So these are like that relationship over there. So mindset can certainly affect, you know, if something's wrong, I go, oh, I can handle that. No problem. That's a mindset. I always can handle it. I, I used to always have anxiety, you know, 40 years ago before giving a presentation to an audience.
2: Mm. Well,
1: you saw me give a presentation. The last thing I experienced <laughs> in a presentation is anxiety. And I spoken to 10,000 people. I just have fun up there because I yeah. have confidence. Yeah. The confidence was earned, and I dealt with that. But it, a lot of it came from when I used to be so anxious. And transformation is real. I'll tell this story for Transformation is Real my first talk i gave i fainted i was so terrified and Mm. it was horrible i but i thought oh i should give this up you know this must be the wrong occupation for me because it's like hell to do unfortunately i read an article with john lennon of the beatles
2: Mm. and he
1: said the reason the beatles stopped touring was because they had so much anxiety before performances so i figured if john Mm. lennon has anxiety, then I can have anxiety too. <laughs> but I, I I faced my anxiety. I processed through it. I learned emotional processing. He didn't have that benefit. He tried, you know, after they broke up and he was with Yoko Ono. He used to do primal scream. And Yoko said he never really got beyond his mother's his issues with his mother and his abandonment mm. stuff. But here's an interesting story about John Lennon since I went there with you. <laughs> I'm yeah. <sure> it, somebody <laughs> like John Lennon that we're listening to. So, John, it was just too much. All that success, success brings up all your childhood issues. Love brings up your childhood issues. Because when you're a child, you have to, I I can't cry too much or people will ignore me. You know, I'll be punished or I I need to adjust myself in order to be pleasing to you. So Mm. all of our natural instincts and reactions get suppressed Mm -hmm. until you become John Lennon and the whole world loves you. And you can say, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And boom, that stuff just comes up. Yeah. So after what happened with John Lennon, the Beatles broke up and he got involved with Yoko and they started doing primal scream, which wasn't really an effective form of therapy. Um, I could go into why that's not. It doesn't resolve. It just expresses, expresses, but it doesn't resolve. Mm. You kind of get in a coffin and scream all day long. and But it did give relief to him. And mm-hmm. then, then, but finally what happened is he didn't produce anything for 10 years. Uh, after that. He did a few albums after the Beatles broke up, then he did nothing. No creativity, nothing. And he he was dedicating his life now to his children. But at the same time, he didn't have his creativity. And then his last album was produced. He After 10 years, he produced an album. And it was after he was in his yacht and mm-hmm. he was going from New York to Bermuda and there was a big storm. And they said he held the, re- the helm, the wheel, uh, for 24 hours straight. Everybody thought they were gonna die mm. and he saved them all and he was up there fighting the hurricane himself. And what oh. that did it was that was so much overcoming, overcoming, overcoming that he became in present time with a real problem. See in childhood, that's, that's the past, it's not real. Yeah. He really had a, he dealt with those emotions in real time and then right after that he went to the studio and did uh, an album. Wow. was overcoming that big challenge. And mm. I, I predict that's what's going to happen after this COVID thing, yeah. is that the amount of creativity is going to be a huge surge. I know happiness levels will be a surge, that's for sure. Yeah. But unfortunately, the challenge for people is a lot of, you know, divorces are now 30%. Uh, in Wuhan, China, they went up from 12 a week to 300 a week. From really? Wuhan tell me. Yeah. Long oh my goodness. Getting divorced. Because see, when you're in fight or flight, You're not you.
2: Wow.
1: You are just your conditioning. You have no control. And you're worse than your conditioning. You're in a fight or flight conditioning the whole time because it's escalated with your partner and you get in these arguments and fights. And then we believe, oh, that's the person I married. I couldn't believe they said that or did that. That's the real colors. It's not their true colors.
0: Mm. People go, oh,
1: I finally saw it. That means that's their real truth. No, that's what they become when they're no longer themselves. Huh. That's what the, the conditioning comes in because they're in fight or flight. When you're in fight or flight, you have no capacity to be in present time. You're completely controlled by your past. Yeah. You can measure this again, biology, blood flow stops to the prefrontal cortex of the brain and goes into the limbic system and you're out yeah. of control. You're, you're an your yeah. parents did or their parents did and their parents did, oh, by the way, that went all the way back to when we were monkeys. So mm-hmm. basically we're monkey, see monkey, do people. When we're in fight or flight, the more extreme it goes. So step two is where you want to understand, stop doing what doesn't work. Step one, step Mm -hmm. two is do what does work. Well, what works is not things that feel good, it's things that balance my hormones. Yeah. Behaviors that will actually balance my hormones. So for me, I know clearly what I have to do is I need to get on that bike and I need to at least 30 seconds. I do about 30 minutes a day or every few days. That's all it takes for me. It's during that time for about a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, I push on as hard as I can, ripping every muscle in my body to push, and then I have four minutes of relaxation. Then I push again, and then relaxation. You alternate it, but it's that push that, that pushes your testosterone to the limit or pushes you to the limit, and then you get to recover. And Everybody knows recovery time is how you build muscles, and you build muscles with testosterone. Yeah, so that well being comes to me because it's not just about building muscles, (laughs) that's not my thing. (laughs) My thing is well being and brilliance and creativity, and also a healthy body. You know, I want good posture, I want a healthy body, I want to live a long life. That all comes from men, and without any question, testosterone is the king when it comes to that not taking testosterone, but doing those behaviors and mindsets that make testosterone. But yeah. you know, I sort of deviated there when I said mindset, because if you're actually in an imbalanced state, you can't create a mindset other than to go, I'm crazy, mm-hmm. I need to go use, use my muscles if I'm a guy, mm-hmm. or I need to go do something that I know creates testosterone. Then I start coming back into balance. And for women, it's to do something that will create estrogen. Now, while you're in this COVID time, the most powerful way for both men and women is learning something new that will increase your testosterone. Like a lot of guys doing woodworking, taking woodworking classes online. Now that's gonna be something they can do with their hands and feel in control. And yeah. for women, these karaoke things, singing things, learning new dance steps, uh, gardening. My daughter, she's doing great during this time. Uh, she is taking all these cooking classes online. Make She sends me pictures every every day of what she cooked for dinner that day. <laughs> oh, Very sweet. She has her garden. She gives me tours of her garden. You know, she's, she's taking all these classes, learning new things having to do with behaviors. that will actually stimulate estrogen production and progesterone production. Mm. Walking as opposed to running for women, running for men, pushing yourself hard is testosterone. Walking and talking, walking and talking. So get a girlfriend go or a partner and go walk. You can all go walk, even though you're in quarantine, there's places you can walk and talk. Yeah. So talking is always a big estrogen producer if it's something that you feel you need. Yeah. Uh, the problem, back to what we talked about before, is when women are exposed to toxicity, mm. uh, the xenoestrogens of the environment land on your receptor sites, the brain gets the message, I'm making enough estrogen, so mm-hmm. I don't need to make it. Mm. You see, that the feeling of I want love, I want to be in a relationship is the biological, it's the, is the psychological effect of the body saying, I need to make estrogen. Yeah. The relationship yeah. is what produces estrogen where I am relationship not to give, but to receive. Mm. See, that, that's see, Women know that the most fulfilling thing in most women is when they're giving, right? When you, oh, yeah. you just love to give in the beginning relationship, it's so much fun to give. Why? Because the brain remembers giving feels so good. But why does giving feel so good? Because you're coming from a place of anticipating I'm going to get. Mm.
0: So the newness
1: of a relationship, oh, you know, he did this, he did this, then he'll do even more once we get married. (laughs) There's that that anticipation. So it's kind of like I give you a check made for a million dollars. You already feel like you have a million dollars and you haven't cashed the check yet. So women in the beginning of relationships anticipate I'm going to get So I have so much that I'm going to start spending it now. And so she gives back. So giving back is an affirmation that I have received. So when you're giving, your brain goes, oh, you must have already received. But in the estrogen message says you received. So now you're just going to give, give, give. And you wonder, why am I not happy? Because we all know, spiritually speaking, it's better to give than to receive, right? (laughs) But you can't give freely unless you receive. Yeah. And so... When I see a woman who's unhappy in my, in my therapy, and my seminars and all that, so common is the expression, I give and give and give. <laughs> and they're not yeah. happy. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the mind comes in, well, that's because I didn't get back. I said, okay, you're unhappy because you didn't get, get, get. And it's not because you gave, gave, gave. And why didn't you get, get, get? Because you're not satisfied with what you get, get, get. And if you're not <laughs> satisfied with what you get, 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 you're never going to get more, just like we talked about earlier. Yeah. So it's just wrapping all these things out the way it makes sense. So step one, stop doing what, you, what doesn't work. Two, <laughs> if you're a man or woman, do the things that will balance your hormones. Three, now you give unconditionally. Okay, If, if I'm full, if I'm 80%, then I can freely give because I'm mm. not dependent on that extra 20%. The extra 20% is dessert and you don't have to have dessert every day. So you're freely overflowing to your partner. But even in that stage, you need to know gender differences because giving love is tricky. There's certain times of love which are toxic. So we could spend a, really quite a long time talking about toxic love. Mm. And I remember the first time I encountered toxic love as a junior counselor a long time ago where this woman wanted to divorce. And I, she said she'd been married for all these years, 25 years or something. and And I said, well, you know, why do you want to get married?" And she said, of course, I give and give and give and I don't get back. And I said, well, maybe you didn't love him. So he didn't, oh, she's no, no, I've loved him for all those years. And I said, well, how did you show your love? She says, oh, you know, I cared for him, I cook for him, I clean for him. And then I say, well, did he do anything for you? And she says, nothing, nothing. And I said, well, then you didn't really appreciate him at all, did you? Well, there's nothing to appreciate. I said, so cared, yes, you can take care of somebody, but what do men need most is to be appreciated for doing something. Well, he mm. didn't do anything, so there's nothing to appreciate. <laughs> I said, <laughs> wow. why, didn't you, why didn't you leave right away? Because I love him. I said, oh. yeah, you love him in the way a woman wants to be loved, yeah. which is to have somebody care about you, no matter how put in quotes bad you are. Mm. Okay, he's a bad guy, but she felt very noble because she continued to care about him. Mm-hmm. And that 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 would be every woman's dream is to feel that you know I can be a we'll try to be nice here. A bee, I can be a bee woman. (laughs) And my husband still loves me. What does that mean? I'm free to express myself. That's the most Um, important thing that women need more than anything. I just got back from the beach and I was looking at all these you know, like 16 years old, the 24-year-old girls in their bikinis. Yeah. And they, they were just showing off, you know. They were just like, look at me, look at me. <laughs> so free. You see, they got to undress yeah. in, a, in a legitimate way and say, look at me and be seen. And yeah. all this attention going to them and knowing that they're beautiful. Mm. See, it's that confidence that I am seen as beautiful. I am seen as worthy. I am deserving of your affection, your attention, your adoration, your love. That's this confidence that those young women were putting out just because they can now show these bodies that they've been tanning and everything to get out there. <laughs> that, that confidence. So what women want is to feel I can be myself. I says I can undress and I am loved. I am mm. lovable. Yeah. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. That's why people undressed before having sex, because uh that's where the most energy comes. It's where you're being totally vulnerable, but you only do that if you feel safe. Mm. So estrogen and sex for women, estrogen goes higher and higher. If she has a fulfilling experience, it's because she's able to feel safe that I can open myself up and my partner won't be critical of me, won't make, won't, won't will be kind to me, will understand mm. my needs and my wishes, that he, he loves me no matter what. I'm perfect for him. Mm. Now, there's that safety that comes about, which is, He cares about me. He's going to be considerate of me. So this woman, she's been caring about this guy, thinking I've been loving him, but actually he wasn't getting any love because men feel love most when you appreciate what they do. And if there's Mm -hmm. nothing they do to appreciate and you care for them, you're actually giving them poison. Yeah. It's a very interesting concept because it's loving to care for somebody and and hide that other feeling, which is, and he does nothing for me and he Mm. does nothing
2: for me but mm. I'm the good
1: one. I'm the better one. This is also why, you know, you try to analyze why you see these ridiculous relationships of, of women who get involved with dangerous guys. Yeah. Okay? They're obviously dangerous. Ask your mother. She said, never get around that guy. That's a horrible person <laughs> to be with. And, and they're all sexually turned on to him. You know, yeah. what's, that, what's that all about? You know, this mm. is, if you were the bad boy that makes you good. Ah, See, it's like, it, it, it's like, In a subtle way, I don't want to be married to a woman who's stronger than me. As a matter of fact, I need Bonnie's about almost a foot shorter than me and I can lift her up. And she likes being with me. To her, I'm a tall guy and I'm strong and I can (laughs) carry her over the threshold. For me, that's a turn on. And for her, it's a turn on. And you know, when I looked at the I didn't really realize this, but when I looked at the dating sites. It's almost automatic that the women want a guy who's six nine, and then I'm interested in anybody <laughs> below that. You're not even on radar. It's <laughs> like oh, every woman's this way, but it's, yeah. it's a very common thing. Go out and look who's taller than who. We yeah. naturally are drawn to, men are drawn to a woman who he's physically stronger to, mm-hmm. and women are drawn to a guy she's sees emotionally more, gooder yeah (laughs) yeah more virtuous more virtuous than he is yeah for some women who don't feel virtuous low self-esteem they to become gooder they need to really have a bad guy and and of course it doesn't work you know these are all issues that we have to work on within ourselves so the idea there is to simplify at level three is now once you're feeling full Mm -hmm. how to give your partner what they need most now we Mm -hmm. all need all kinds of love without a doubt but what do they need most to bump up their testosterone, if they're a guy, what do women need most to bump up their estrogen? Yeah. So I summarize it, and ironically, it's what I wrote about in Men Are From Mars: the three kinds of love that are most important to men, most important to women. And I and and it's very funny because many women will say, "No, no, I want that." I said, "That's because you're on your male side; you want that." But that's mm. not going to create well-being in you because the three kinds of love that stimulate testosterone are appreciation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: acceptance for your imperfection and mm-hmm. trust that you're doing your best. These are the three types of love. And when you have those trusting, accepting and appreciative, What you, when you, when you're in a situation, you feel like, wow, my life is wonderful. That's why men, <laughs> when a woman is happy, he feels trusted, accepted and appreciated. Yeah. Now, What is the kind of love that increases estrogen? It's saying, oh, I care about you, let me be considerate of you, let me prioritize your needs, let me understand you. So caring, understanding, let me listen to you, what you're going through, so that I can then respect you and give you what you need, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Now, certainly men need respect, we all deserve respect, but women need it more. See, That's the whole rebellion that women have because we got so far out of balance in the past where women weren't getting the respect they deserve and need. Mm. And so suddenly men got respect because we went into this monetary culture, which is the more money you have or the more dysfunctional, dangerous you are, the more respect you would get.
2: Mm. And,
1: you know, we step, we're just, we're evolving out of that, which is, you know, just because you have more money doesn't mean you deserve more respect. It's the character, it's the quality of who you are. It's your goodness that makes you worthy of respect. And by respecting someone's emotional needs, you bring forth the true self. So mm-hmm. men learning how to respect women. And that's a big thing. And women learning how to appreciate men. These are very challenging. And and yeah. But to know that you could be, oh, you know, I do so much for him. Yeah, you're respecting his needs. You're prioritizing him. Uh, you're overlooking, you know, you're, you're trying to understand his dysfunctional childhood. And that's why he wants to beat you up all the time. I mean, women nobly says, yeah, but that's because his father would beat him and then he's going to beat me. And no, no, that's, that's what women need. If my wife is beating me. Oh, that's because her father beat her. Let me be more understanding and bring her to somewhere to help her. But, mm. <laughs> but this, this is the different types of love evoke different types of emotional responses, which are hormonal responses. Mm. So understanding the gender differences helps us to regulate the kind of love and support we need to give to our partners. So when your guy goes to his cave, you're giving him space. Space is simply accepting, not trying to need anything for him, not trying to change him, just accepting him as he is right now, not trying to change. And for women, if she's upset and she needs to talk, Understanding is what she needs, is to take time to not make her right, but to make her valid. It's a validation kind of a thing. You can't always agree with someone when they're drunk, but you can understand they drank a lot and they're out of balance right now and they need some help and some love and caring. So it's learning how to listen, for, to give empathy, to give understanding, to validate, to not try to fix. These are the kinds of support men can learn to give as opposed to give her what he would want. And this mm. is what I had to learn in my marriage. Bonnie would be upset sometimes. And i say, okay, I'm going to go for a drive. <laughs> I just, I'll let her deal with her own thing. Just ignore mm-hmm. her. Leave her alone. <laughs> She'll get through it. You know, she'd be throwing, bro- dropping stuff. And i go, okay, she's upset. I'll go somewhere Amen. else. <laughs> so I was accepting, you know, uh, here's a funny story. I, uh, at one point when I was just learning all this stuff, I, this is not to be repeated at home because, but I was, uh, I said to her, she was upset with the kids and I was sneaking out of the house to go for a drive because as I said, cave car is a good cave time for me. Mm-hmm. And, and as I'm going out, she says, where are you going? I said, I'm just going to go for a drive. You're going to go for a drive at a time like this. Do you see what I'm going <laughs> through? And I said, yes. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> I'm very familiar. And that's why I'm going for a drive. And she said, how uncaring, how unsupportive. I can't believe you would just go do something like that. And I thought to myself, and this is my mistake I made. I said, honey, I accept you. You are the most wonderful woman in the world. 90% of the time, I want to be with you. And 10% of the time, I'd rather go for a drive. (laughs) (laughs) She was so upset with me. So unloving. (laughs) How could you say that? And I said, no, that's the most loving thing I think I could say. 90%. If if you said to yeah, 90%. (laughs) If you said to me, John, you are such a jerk and 20% of the time I don't want to be around you but 80% of the time I think you're the most wonderful guy in the world. I say 80% that's good that's enough. Amazing. <laughs> and, and not only do I say 80% is good enough I say to myself and 20% permission to be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> it's permission acceptance I'm still loved. So it, it's we have such a different reference point. So when she mm-hmm. was upset, she needed me not to ignore her and just accept that she could handle it. She needed me to become be present to see if I could help out in some way. Can I help in some way or be supportive? And sometimes she would get into it with the kids. And I figured out the way to do that was not to go into it because that would make it worse sometimes mm-hmm. when they became teenagers. I would go into another room and I'd say, honey, I need you. Just to get <laughs> Call her away. out of that room, <laughs> and then I, then I could listen. And then I could listen to what she was saying, and then mm. she could calm down and feel supported and whatever. And then we could try to figure out what to do. But yeah. it's it's once things start to escalate, you're you're it's out fun. of your brain. You're just yeah. no longer in your human brain. You're into some kind of drunk state. So once once you learn how to let go of the, the wrong things, learn how to balance your hormones. Now you feel good. Now go give your partner. Step three is give your partner more. Then step four is ask for more.
2: Mm. And that's
1: coming back to women who want more. You can always get more from a man, but you have to first come from the place of having enough. And then when you ask for more, you're asking, it's a preference. It's no longer a demand. You see, we men respond really well to preferences and so do women. You don't mm. want somebody demanding on you to change. You feel controlled. Nobody wants to feel controlled. No. You know, imagine you you basically someone says, and Bonnie figured this out. She completely controlled me with no control.
0: <laughs>
1: she used to always say, You left the lights on, you left the lights on, which is criticism. Mm. Finally she says, John, I was just walking through the living room. I noticed the lights were still on. I know so many times you leave those lights, you turn the lights out. But sometimes you forget. I'd really love it if you try to remember. And then walk out of the room. Just let it be there let it fl- drift Load over around. to me <laughs> and they do that a couple of times and then i started turning out all the lights i saw the power of preference mm. preference with somebody that who loves you mm. i'm not talking about the outer world you'd be really nice if people would drive the speed limit you know in the outer world you need to make some demands and control that's because we're kind of dysfunctional monkeys still you get together yeah. and yeah when you when you find yourself in a di- intimate relationship with someone who cares about you you can have a whole different set of rules that you can mm. go by and you can get more and as more couples actually can get more then we create a society where you don't have to have all these demands and you can actually have preferences and people tend to behave in a more positive way Absolutely. but we're just not there yet we we clearly are not here, there yet no
0: and it's it's just
1: it, it, daily people are dealing with this and that's the
0: thing you know in a relationship and it can affect all the outside um you know parts of their life like you say and i love the 80 20 and then that 9010 it's really easy to remember but when you're looking at these relationships that have been going on for so long and you know in your what, it it does take a little bit to make those changes
1: but uh, it takes a lot of knowledge yeah really people are really good people inside they just don't know how many people have read, for example, Men Are From Mars, over 50 million people at least have read that mm. book. And when they read it, most of them go, oh, I didn't realize it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it. Oh, I didn't realize it. They literally did not know how yeah. important certain things are. Because if my wife is, is bothered by something that doesn't bother me, but it bothers her, my tendency is gonna be, well, that's not a big deal. Yeah. And if I do something that doesn't bother me at all, but it bothers her, then she's going to think, I don't care about her, you know, what she likes. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, this is, we, we have to understand that people are different, and that we have the power to give more and get more, but we have to learn how to understand each other better, and we don't understand each other, then we have polarization. Mm. Polarization leads to escalation, and that's what's happening right now, is this huge escalation in relationships with more divorce, more violence. We see it in in the, and and the demonstrations of everybody being quarantined
2: mm. but you
1: know i'm a very spiritual guy i think that ultimately there's positive and negative forces at work all the time and that the uh positive prevails eventually mm-hmm. mm. and that so i was like oh this quarantine thing now there's sort of more control over us telling us what we have to do and everybody's just following staying inside wearing their masks all the time or whatever and then da 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 the white horse comes to the rescue black lives matter suddenly everybody's out in the streets. We would have never had all three weeks, I don't know how long it's gonna go, for right now, yeah. three weeks of demonstrations.
2: <laughs> no,
1: Nobody would ever done that before, but they're yeah. all out of work, they're all stuck in their houses, and this yeah. is permission to go outside. Absolutely. And the, the, the result of that, regardless of what happens with uh, actual government changes or whatever, mm. just having so many people uh, outside together of different colors, they're all different colors, You know, so many white people don't know black people, you know, Mm. black people don't know white people. We don't have that experience of each other as human Mm. beings. And they go beyond the racial differences. Just that is a healing uh, of the planet. And the fact that it's going on all around the planet is just, you know, discrimination. It's always an issue. But now because of this COVID thing, Mm. uh, which personally, uh, if I could just say for a minute, as as your holistic doctor, what we had to realize Mm. when it happens, we want to protect those who are vulnerable. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I wasn't vulnerable. You know, I was in China at Hunan time. I came (laughs) home. I had the flu. It was just a flu. It was no big deal. Yeah,
2: yeah. And some
1: people don't even have the flu from Mm. it. But you need to protect half the people who have died in America Mm. were in homes. Absolutely. And and the other half are all on three or four different drugs for their health. And Mm. what they're not advertising is that. These people are obese and diabetic and taking certain drugs. If you're taking these particular drugs, you are now vulnerable to dying of this flu. If yeah. you're not taking those drugs, you won't die. Yeah. If, if, if you're not, you know, if, for many people, it's just simply meditate and exercise. You won't die. That's for sure. That's if you're not right. taking any of these, you know, drugs for high blood pressure, drugs. When I mean, you're a holistic doctor, you know there's so many things mm. people can do to not have to take high blood pressure pills. But if you're in that category, whatever that category person you've chosen to be, and you're taking those drugs, then you need to be protected. Mm. You need to have masks on. You need to go stay home. But I don't. You know, let's just not throw throw this huge, crazy thing on everybody where you feel guilty. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I don't have a mask, I'm going to give you the virus. Well, no, if you're vulnerable, you wear a real mask. You know? <laughs> These little bandanas people wear. Viruses are so little, they'll go through any cloth. They just shoot right through. <laughs> it's just Absolutely. It's so overblown. And, and yet we will come out of this realizing how it's overblown. But the beauty of it is when, when people go the wrong direction, there's a self-correction, which is mm. always for the better. And uh-huh. that's the Black Lives Matter thing. It's just all these people coming together and being in the streets together. Uh, and, and, and again, in the American way, and I think in the Australian way as well, we're all rebels. Don't tell me what to do. I, exactly. I just saw a that exactly. yeah. and there was a great <laughs> picture of this wolf, and the guy was describing, this wolf is saying, don't you mess with me. <laughs> don't you tell me what to do. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna do my thing. <laughs> So I think it's just strengthening you know, what created uh, these, uh, America and Australia, that rebelliousness inside of us, that we're in charge of our lives yeah. as opposed to having somebody else control us. We should not submit to that. We should be in charge of our lives. We need to strengthen our logic and hear the truth. So the, the testing ground of it all is mm. our relationships. You know, just as we're trying to create a sustainable world and we haven't, we need to create sustainable relationships. You yeah, uh, we need to we come back to, you know, you can fall in love and stay in love. You can be attracted to somebody sexually and stay attracted to them for your whole life. That's if you have good hormonal balance. Mm. And, but if you don't have the skills, you won't. And that's what we're seeing happening today. I know in America, we have twice as many single people as 30 years ago compared to married people. So it's really? reversed. Used to be more married people who are adults. Now it's twice as many single people. And those single people, I know why they're still single they're too picky that's just that you know all the women out there I can't find the man you're too picky that, yeah. that would, but but I can't fall in love your estrogen's too low to <laughs> fall in love you need to have high estrogen that you're not you know you, you've got the reality to fall in love and attract the right guy for you the guy that will turn you on but if you have low estrogen also you will be turned on by the man who can't give you what you want that's another dynamic a dangerous man. You can use, you, for many women, because they have some kind of trauma in childhood, a dangerous man, which means a married man, a man who is out of your league, a man who's not available to you, hmm. a man who's a drug addict, you have little antennas go up, and immediately you'll be turned on to him. Wow. And this is, happens to women. I've counseled these women. How could you yeah. turn on to this guy? You look at the colors. You know, it's clear as it can be, this is a hmm. dangerous situation, but they're turned on. And that, see, women don't follow being aroused. Follow your mind first, then your heart, then your body. For mm-hmm. men, they always start with their body. You know, if you can't have chemistry right away, she's not the right person for you. But it doesn't mean she is the right person. She's in a category of the right person. Then you need to grow in love and so forth. But women are, are so much on their male side that they'll follow their arousal mm. rather than their heart opening first. Mm-hmm. Then letting somebody come in, they're too much in a hurry for all of that, uh, because there's pressures on them to be that way, or because their hormones are out of balance, their testosterone's too high compared to their estrogen, as opposed to letting themselves feel very safe and comfortable. But if they were to do that, they would never get in a relationship with a guy because he's too boring. See, the opposite of he turns me on is he—he's boring. Because if you're a woman who's got this issue, this childhood issue that shows up hormonal imbalance,
2: Mm.
1: and you're going to be turned on to the wrong man, then the reality, if you're turned on to the wrong man, then you're turned off to the right man. (laughs) You see how that works? Yeah. It's like a trust mechanism. If you actually feel safe with somebody, you get turned on. Uh, If you feel not safe and you get turned on, then if you feel safe, you feel turned off. So- without 30 years of therapy to correct yourself, just start dating the guys who are safe and start practicing the skills I teach in my books on dating and on Beyond Mars and Venus. Practicing being on your female side rather than uh, trying to please a guy, let him please you. Only Mm -hmm. date the guys who are pursuing you, who are more interested in you than you are in them. and Let Mm -hmm. them serve you. Let them get the achievement and fulfillment of being successful and pleasing you. Mm -hmm. Don't tell them right away, though, that you're not turned on to them tell me it takes time okay oh that's so amazing john i could talk to you for
0: hours and hours and hours hours. this is crazy (laughs) but i don't want to take up too much more of your time so i just wanted to ask one one thing as a a departing thought for you one action that everyone can take in whatever relationship they're in whether it is a a a full-time relationship or if they are single looking for a relationship what's what's one thing that they can do
1: well, well, you know, I never can say one thing. because I know, different. I know. <laughs> let, me, let me give a few one things. Okay, if you're a couple, mm-hmm. the one thing you can do right now when you're in quarantine, because you're not going to get your 80%, is to recognize you're, mm-hmm. you, you just can't be your full self that you normally are appreciative and accept, accept that about you. Don't fall into the belief that it's your partner's fault. It's you. Mm-hmm. And what a technique you can do to restore hormonal balance is what I call a genie in the bottle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For 20 minutes... She asks her husband, boyfriend, to do whatever she wants, and he does it with a smile. He's like a first-class <laughs> flight attendant. Yes, John Gray, you're here. Welcome. I'll do whatever you like. Uh, I'll serve you this. Push this little button, and I'll come at your, be- at your beck and call. <laughs> so you, even if you're angry with the partner, you pretend to do this. i are like grapes doing- and
0: fans, John. Grapes and fans. Exactly. You yes. do
1: fans. You do foot massage. You make orange juice. <laughs> you wash the dishes. You make a roll of bath. You put on some music. You light a candle for me. All kinds, you just, but she has to practice asking, and he has to practice immediately responding with a smile. And it's only for 20 minutes, and it's, everything has to be done within 20 minutes. It can't be something, tomorrow, I want you to do this. In the future, I want you to always be this way. No, just what he can do right now, little things will produce that estrogen spike, spike, spike. It gets higher and higher and higher. Mm. And that raises his testosterone. If a man does something and her estrogen goes up, his testosterone goes up. That's a biology. If a woman anticipates getting what she wants, her estrogen will go up and a man's testosterone will then go up. So this is to supercharge the hormones in your relationship. So that's what a couple can do. Now, what single people can do right now is get online at least for several hours a day and learn something new. When you're learning something new, you can't be in flight or fight, okay? You're out of the adrenaline response. Your blood flow goes here if you're learning something new and different and to go even more powerful, learn something new and different, which has to do with testosterone production. And if you're a man, learn something new and different that has to do with estrogen production. And we Mm. talked about various things that do that, but it has to be learning something new. Mm. And there's ample time for that right now. And there's ample opportunity online. There's so many, you know, sing-alongs, dance classes, education classes, spiritual classes, meditation classes, aerobics classes, exercise classes, all these kinds of things are available to you make use of them use your willpower and if you don't want to do it that means you really need to do it it'll Mm. bring you out of that state of Mm. of adrenaline response and adrenaline response can actually be where you're just feeling exhausted and tired see it doesn't mean that you're all Mm. amped up you could be completely passive matter of fact most of the time when you're watching tv and you're passive uh you're producing adrenaline because wow. you're not doing anything. You're seeing all this exciting stuff going on, yeah. which is making dopamine. Dopamine yeah. feels really good, but you're not doing anything. So you're not using mm. your muscles. So adrenaline gets produced. It's when you use your muscles that adrenaline gets used up. And so it doesn't get too high. And if you're a woman, if you're talking about what you feel, oh my God, they're about to get killed. You know, my wife used to say in the movie, she said... <laughs> She says, are they going to die? Or are they going to die? I said, don't worry, honey. How do you know? I said, because this is Hollywood. The, the <laughs> expensive movie stars always last to the end. You know? <laughs> they need to be able to express this vulnerable part inside. Yeah. and it, just yeah. it keeps the estrogen uh, flowing, keeping the stress levels down. So anyway, those are some things. And to top it off, if you're in a relationship, practice this this week. Mm-hmm. When your boyfriend or husband is talking, practice saying these three phrases. Good idea. Another one is, wow, you're right. And another one is, oh, that makes sense. Those are all good little testosterone producers. And we need those as on our mirrors and all that's over right. our house. Good yeah. idea. That makes sense. You're right. Now, the other side of it is when she's talking, basically to say things like, help me understand that better. I want to know. Uh, so help me understand that better. And she's talking. Then you say, oh, tell me more about that. Tell me mm-hmm. more, help me understand, tell me more. And then she's sort of pauses and you just say, well, what else? <laughs> get, her, get her to talk more. And of course do, do little expressions, little things make a big difference to women. We just remember that. It's. When it comes to estrogen, big or small, every act of love has the same estrogen response. Mm. So if I do something big, fifty roses, estrogen response. One rose, estrogen response. Mm. The lots of little things is what builds the estrogen higher. And it's only when a woman levels her levels become twice as high as they normally are that she can fall in love. Mm.
2: So often women
1: say to me they can't fall in love. You know, they're getting older, their estrogen levels are lower. They can't fall in love. You've got to crank those estrogen levels up so that when you're in the presence of this man, he takes you from feeling good to feeling great, but he can't take you to feeling great until you're already feeling really good. And that's all those things yourself. Yeah. 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 His job is to take you higher. If Mm. he can take you higher, then you fall in love. If he just makes you feel safe and comfortable, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So this is like to know that we have the power to feel great. If we, Get to good, then we open ourselves in relationships. We will go higher.
0: Amazing! Wow, John, thank you so much. And like I said, I wish I had three hours with you or more. Right. <laughs> we might have to do it again one day. Oh, we can oh. certainly do it again. <laughs> but thank you. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom, your just how amazing you are, and and just how much fun you love to have. And it just shows in everything that you're doing. So thank you so much. Um, well, thank
1: you again. Thank
0: and you. I. I really hope to see you somewhere in the world again in in well, the future if we can all travel again sometime soon.
1: <laughs> we will. We will. Thanks again.
0: Yeah, well thank you, John. And I'll um have a wonderful evening. You too. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at revital health as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.